Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities, from Kentucky Humanities, where we've been telling Kentucky stories for 45 years. Here is your host, Bill Goodman. Summertime in Kentucky, and we're all excited about uh, books to read at Kentucky Humanities. Everyone who listens to this podcast on a regular basis knows that we really do like to emphasize authors and reading and literacy and learning, and we're uh, delighted today to have uh, Jillian and Maggie from our uh, Joseph Beth Booksellers premier partner for the Kentucky Book Festival coming up in November. Uh, this is just a little tease, not only for the book festival uh, November 10th through November 16th, but it also gives you an idea. We're always asked questions as they are at uh, Joseph Beth uh, Booksellers. Uh, what's a good summer read? So we've asked uh, these two delightful uh, young ladies to come in and, and talk with us today and uh, bring their recommendations. We're going to talk about all genres. And also stay tuned for some information um, if you're a parent, a uh, a father, a mother, or a grandparent of some small kids. Uh, we'll talk about a little uh, bingo reading uh, contest, I guess you might call it, uh, Maggie. But we'll get to that later. But uh, so welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. This is really cool. Well, we, um, as I've mentioned, we've kind of done this uh, a couple of times before. It's uh, always interesting to me. Uh, we think we kind of keep up with the book world and... I'm a big fan of, um, of the New York Times uh, book uh, podcast uh, review, and uh, I listen and hear about new authors, and we've talked a little bit about uh, Second Mountain and David Brooks, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But let's just start, and we'll try to talk about um, uh, all of these books uh, and all genres, and um, uh, we'll, uh, the only identifier I think I'll ask you to do is just tell me if it's fiction or nonfiction, if it's not uh, uh, apparently uh, apparent right at the beginning. So Maggie, do you want to begin or Jillian, do you want to start? Uh... Sure. Yeah, I can start. Um, so the first book I have on the top of my stack here is one that we're really excited about at Joseph Beth. Um, our publisher reps actually talked about it at our recent meeting with them, and it sounded amazing. Um, it's called On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vong, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He is a poet, and this is his first novel. Um, it's got some of the most beautiful prose you will ever read in it, and it's a kind of a family story about a, um, a young man and his mother. She's, he's kind of writing her letters, even though she can't read. Um, it's beautiful and it deals with race and masculinity and he uh, is Vietnamese so it deals a lot with his culture and it's it's a really special book that uh, we're very excited about and have been talking up a lot in our store for sure. I read uh, a review uh, in this week's time I think and just because I did not know his work as a poet mm -hmm. and apparently uh, as we know and have talked about before writing poetry helps one become a better writer of, uh, of a narrative. Mm -hmm. And he takes this to heart, I would imagine. And I did read some glowing uh, uh, reviews of this book too. Yeah. And it's, it's cool because even though it is a 
heavier read. I would say it's definitely got some serious subject matter, can get a little dark at times. It's still perfect for summer because it's a short read and it's something that's going to make you think and feel, but not necessarily drag you down. It's I think it's uplifting in the end and it's it's really beautiful. And the let's do this, the, the title and the author once again. Yeah, that is On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vuong. Don't you love that title? Yes. The title in itself is uh, intriguing and yeah. We're always uh, captivated, too, by covers. And we're going to describe that. What is that someone covering their face? Uh, is it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's got because the cover's kind of a grayscale. So uh -huh. it's a black and white photo um, and it has some maybe that's arms. a pillow. I think it yeah. maybe is yeah. supposed to be like um, like a side view of a hug, like that's someone yeah. else's shoulder that the person okay. is has their arms wrapped okay. around them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's a very special book, and the the title alone, like you said, kind of sounds like uh -huh. it could be a poem. So I think the more poets should write novels. I think. <laughs> I think they should too. Uh, Jillian, do you have one? Yeah. Yeah, um, the first one that I've got in my stack over here, it's called The Southern Lady Code by Helen Ellis. And this has been something that has been putting a smile on all of our faces, really. Um, it's a collection of essays in which um, Helen has talked about times in her life where little bits of the, the Southern etiquette have popped out. It's really funny. It's just a really funny, really light um, collection of essays that has had all of us kind mm -hmm. of like we've all found like a little bit of ourselves in these mm -hmm. um definitely so. relatable to all of our southern customers and our southern hospitality and that kind of thing definitely what do we know about uh, helen ellis um she is the new york times best-selling author of american housewife oh so yeah she's mm -hmm. got she's got a lot of um Oh, she's just a really sassy, really funny uh -huh. lady. She just got the 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 southern like wit uh -huh. to her, um, and it really shows through her essays. And some of the the pieces in that one too have been published in other places before. Mm -hmm. So she's she's pretty well known in um, other publications and that kind of stuff too. So it's cool to have a, a book of all of her stuff here. And it's been a good seller, especially like with Mother's Day just being passed. We sold oh, a lot yeah. of them for that. It's it's a good one. Oh yeah. So that uh, title and author once again. It is the Southern Lady Code by Helen Ellis. Very good. Um, who's next? And I see one that's a, a favorite uh, and has been. A favorite yes. of so many, many, many thousands and maybe millions of people. Yes, I, that does not sound like an understatement to me. So the next one is uh, Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Um, of course, everyone in their mother has heard of this book at this point. It was uh, in Reese Witherspoon's book club. Um, and it's a really beautiful story. It's kind of part ghost story, part mystery um, set in North Carolina uh, in the 60s, I believe. Um, and it's it's really beautifully written. Uh, Delia Owens was a nonfiction writer before this book, and this is her debut novel. And yeah, we had her in the store actually in February and had like 200 something people there. It was mm -hmm. crazy. And she was incredibly humble and kind about it too. And it's been a big seller. I have not talked to a single customer who didn't love this book. Yes. And it's selling so well, and I just read this too, that uh, they haven't, uh, you would know this, uh, mm -hmm. put out a paper book uh, date. Uh, uh, an estimated time when the right. paperback and right. and this has been out since eight no since 
was it early 18? I yeah, think it was, I guess. yeah, it was definitely 2018. I want to say it was maybe the fall. Okay, fall um, of 18. Yeah, I could, I could be wrong about so that. So normally uh, a paperback would be available, or at least you would know that the paperback is, is coming in a certain a certain date, mm-hmm. right? And they haven't even, she's still on the New York Times bestseller list uh, mm-hmm. as, I don't think she's fallen far from number one. She was, somebody knocked her off um, down to number two, but then last week she went right back up to number one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that does not surprise me. What do you think uh, is uh, is attracting so many readers uh, to this uh, book? That's Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, um, well, anybody can appreciate a, a beautiful family story. So there's a lot of books like that that appeal to people. But this one I think is special partly because of its sort of Southern sensibility. Um, even the title, obviously, Where the Crawdads Sing, it makes you think of um, your Southern roots, especially for our customer base. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can appeal to, to anyone because it's got kind of a mother-daughter story in it, and it's got the mysteries of people who like a mystery thriller will enjoy it as well. Um, and I think her writing is is really unique as well. She has some beautiful prose in there, but it's very accessible to anyone. And she was, like I said, she was a nonfiction writer before, so even nonfiction readers uh, can really enjoy it, even though it is a novel. And she really does have an interesting background uh, mm-hmm. of, um, I, I guess you would say, nature writing. Uh, spent a lot of time in Africa. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she and her husband were there. Then uh, she... She moved to Idaho. Now I understand she's moving back to the East Coast, to the, to the Carolinas. Oh, okay. Uh, so, um, and she was uh, uh, really nice to speak with and to have uh, at, at, and when you can get to 200 or 250 people in your store, I know you're tickled to death. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just hearing her talk, you know, I had been there for a very short time um but even then like i knew it was a really big deal and then she came in and spoke and she was absolutely Mm. fascinating just hearing about her her history and her childhood and just everything that she brought to the table with this was amazing and i thought she was such a nice person yeah she was so kind down to earth seemed to want to speak to everyone and was uh, sometimes not every author is so accessible or (laughs) and uh but but uh, this is uh, where the crawdads sing Delia Owens, and it's still um, uh, selling well, and, and we want uh, even more people to read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's next? Um, do you want I go? think, yeah, because I think yeah. that one actually kind of pairs well. Uh, we, we like to pitch this other book with Where the Crawdads mm. Sing yeah. a lot in our store. Absolutely. It's another debut author. So this one is called Whiskey When We're Dry by John Larison. Um, Like I said, he's a debut author. He teaches writing in Oregon, um, and he's written short stories and things before, I believe. But this book is beautifully written. Uh, When I first started reading it, the first paragraph I had to reread a hundred times because I just appreciated the language so Mm. much. Um, But this one's kind of a Western, um, and the main character is a teen girl um, who is recently orphaned and has to leave her family homestead and go try to find her brother who's become like a very wanted outlaw um, because of his crimes. And it's kind of about trying to find your family and it's got lots of action and adventure and it's really beautiful. And I think it pairs so well with Where the Crawdads Sing Mm. because uh, the character has sort of that feral youth thing that's going on with the Marsh Girl and Where the Crawdads Sing as well. Um, And they're both just really great books. What period is this? If you're talking cowboys, are they modern day cowboys or does it? No. No, no. It is in uh, the 1800s. Mm. Yeah, in the West, Um, which I'm not usually a big Western reader. Mm -hmm. I don't, and I don't do a lot of historical things anyway. Mm -hmm. I do certain time periods, um, but 
this one drew me in right away and it's got a little bit of a dialogue or a dialect written in it as well um, that I think is really well done and beautiful. Well, maybe we should just ask you if you can, if it's um, rated uh, PG or G, uh, mm-hmm. to, to read the first paragraph. Would you like to do that? Absolutely, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I had to do that with uh, some of my friends when I first started reading it. I was like, you have to listen to this paragraph. Yeah. So well, share that with us. Absolutely. I heard it said God moves on the water. Well, I have looked for him there. My thirst grows with his flood. Our kin homesteaded where desert met lake. The hills in the near distance wore blankets of pine. Patterns of aspen marked the water. Beyond them, the mountains stood blue on clear days and devoured the sun long before it left this world. From the home Pa built us, we couldn't see the lake, but we could see the willows along its edge, and we could hear the wingbeats of doves. Bison calves still wandered in with the heifers and arrowheads clung to their shafts. This autumn air delivers me there still. Hmm, yeah. Boy, there's no... Uh, doubt that uh, she, he is establishing place there oh, yeah. uh, yes. and uh, descriptive uh, language that uh, sort of uh, is, is the proper setting for this. Whiskey When We Were Dry. Excellent. By John Larison. Larison? Larison, I believe. L-A-R-I-S-O-N. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Next. Absolutely. Yeah. So next one I've got is The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren. It's actually um, a dual pen name. And uh, this is actually the first book that I ever read by Christina Lauren. Um, I read it a week ago, and I laughed the whole way through. (laughs) It's just a a rom-com about, uh, I believe it's the maid of honor and the best man in a wedding. Um, Mm -hmm. Their siblings are getting married. And when the whole wedding party gets sick, they have to go on the honeymoon. So it's a fake dating kind of thing. It is absolutely hilarious. Maggie, you read it, right? Yes, and it's very cute. I've been really into a, a good romantic comedy lately, and mm-hmm. I think this one definitely hits the spot. So, And a very cute, bright cover, and it's a trade paperback original too. So yeah, uh, accessible to everybody, especially if you're like me and you prefer paperback. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and it's perfect. Like if you're going to the pool or whatever, it just sets the mood because they're in Hawaii. So it's very summer, very beachy. So yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, summer-y. good. And that title and uh, author once again? It's The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren. Mm-hmm. And what else do you have? Oh, there's there's a name we know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This has been a really big one lately. It's uh, Good Omens by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Um, yeah. I actually, I watched the whole show. That was my first introduction. And then I read the book and it was amazing. I, yeah. It's so, got the like apocalyptic thing going on. There's an angel and a demon. And uh-huh. This book is older, so everybody probably has it's, read it at this point. Yep. But it's, it's very funny. It's definitely enjoyable i think even if you're not a big fantasy person mm-hmm. then you probably would really enjoy it well a lot of times i think too when when a film comes out when uh-huh. the movie comes out people will go back and and, and read the uh the, re-sparks the, the interest yeah, yeah definitely so um tell us what we know now i, I have to admit I, I know neil gaiman but mm-hmm. i don't know terry what's his last name terry pratchett yeah what, what is he also a writer or is he just is he the film person behind all of no. this no no no, no, no. Okay. yeah he he's a writer um he uh passed away a few years ago i believe but oh. he has he's a big fantasy writer as well um very funny quick wit yeah uh, he wrote the discworld series uh-huh. um he's hilarious and i think pairs really well with neil gaiman's sort of more dry humor yes mm-hmm. absolutely um, he i i think terry pratchett's like a, a good one for people who like like Douglas Adams and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very clever. 
Is the um, the series is running now? Is it not? Uh-huh. In, it's in uh, and it's not uh, one film. It's um, sequences. I mean uh, segments. Yes. So it's yeah. six episodes long. They've done like a whole series. So the um, season is six episodes. It's about an hour each, and it's broken up the book um, really well. As far as I can tell, it has hit the book to a T. Oh, so it's, great. Yeah. And, and oftentimes that does not happen. It does right. not happen, but it's <laughs> yeah. very faithful and it re- like um, it holds on to a lot of the charm, the quick wit. Mm-hmm. You can definitely, you know, see this come to life. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. And I, I believe Neil Gaiman worked really closely with the people making the show. I so believe. that's part of why it um, has has stuck to the book so well. Yes. And the casting is great. It's great. Fantastic. So yeah. another good summertime read. Oh, yes. absolutely. Escapism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. What do you have, uh, Maggie? Cool. So shifting gears a little yeah. bit, I have a, a nonfiction book here that's called Spying on the South, An Odyssey Across the American Divide by Tony Horwitz. Um, he actually tragically just passed away a few weeks after mm-hmm. this book came out. Um, it came out, I, I believe, in May. And um, he was scheduled, was he not, to be in Louisville at the Filson Club to present oh, wow. on the week that he that he died wow. of a heart attack. Oh, that's yeah. very sad. I didn't mm-hmm. know that, but I yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, Tony Horwitz, years ago wrote Confederates in the Attic. Um, he's a history buff, I'm sure you can tell. Um, and this is about... Um, Frederick Law Olmsted um, in the 1950s, traveling through the South as as a Yankee, as he calls himself, mm-hmm. um, kind of, he travels through a bunch of different areas. I, he goes to Louisiana. Lexington is actually mentioned in this book. Mm-hmm. So it's been a, a big hit with our customers because we love the local stuff. Um, and it's kind of exploring the difference in culture between the South and the North, especially around that Civil War kind of era. Um, and it's a very interesting read. Uh, are, are either one of you familiar with Olmsted? I'm not. I'm well, not. he there is a, um, uh, and, and this is why Harwitz, I'm, I'm sure, uh, chose uh, to write about uh, Frederick uh, Olmsted. He was a famous um, designer of outdoor uh, areas, and there are a number of uh, areas in Louisville where he spent a lot of time uh, designing, um, and I'm not going to be accurate on exactly where, but Cherokee Park and a number of other uh, oh, areas wow. of Louisville okay. that, that he uh, laid out. And I think his connection, I don't know if the, if the book points that out, there is at least one or maybe more, uh, not that many more though, in Lexington that he also had a hand in first mm-hmm. drawing out right. and suggesting that um, a stream be Put in or certain trees and that sort of thing. Um, um, uh, others that uh, are know of his work would know a lot more uh, about it. And I just happened to flip to page uh, 132 and it mentions uh, Robert Penn Warren, All the King's Men, another mm-hmm. Kentuckian. So maybe there is a more of a Kentucky connection there. So yes, absolutely. Uh, kind of interesting. And that's Spying on the South by the late Tony Harwitz, An Odyssey Across the American Divide. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And a young man, unfortunately. Um, So, um, and now uh, another nonfiction work uh, by David Brooks, The Second Mountain. Yeah, um, this one we've uh, been not quite surprised because his first book, The Road to Character, did do very well as well. But uh, we were um, a little flabbergasted by the huge response to this in our store. We've gotten tons of people, all of us have had people asking for this book, um, mm-hmm. and it's on our bestsellers at our store as well. Um, it's kind of about um, choosing your your priorities and, and knowing what you value 
Um, it's got a sociological kind of angle to it and uh-huh. almost can be a self-help thing for anyone, but um, he's definitely very engaging to, to read and it's been very popular. Yeah. Any comments on that, Jillian? All I can speak to is the popularity. Um, We have had like several people within the past week coming and specifically asking for this. So um, I know that it's really hit home with a lot of our Mm -hmm. readers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I heard Brooke say that um, he hesitated or sort of fought uh, it being called a memoir, but uh, Mm -hmm. and it's not Mm -hmm. in the title, but it really is that. And he admits that when he's talking about the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really a, a personal journey that he takes and the discoveries that he makes. And he tells some amazing stories uh, in there uh, at a time in his life when he was really struggling with uh, private, uh, uh, personal, and, and professional uh, problems and how he sort of uh, got out of that. It's, um, I've, I've only read part of it, and uh, I, I can understand why maybe at this time in our our world uh it's resonating and it uh david brooks the second mound the quest for moral life and he really sort of takes you on that discovery and Mm -hmm. his journey his personal journey and then tells you how you can uh, then through examples uh sort of replicate that in your own life Mm -hmm. Uh, i love this um uh, book cover, and uh, and we're going to love this author because she's coming to the Kentucky Book Festival in November. Yeah, very exciting. So this next book, uh, another nonfiction, is Furious Hours, Murder, Fraud, and the Last Trial of Harper Lee by Casey Kep. Is that how it's A Sep. Sep, gotcha. Um, C-E-P. So this one I'm very intrigued by as a, a person who likes true crime and who loves literature. And of course, I'm a huge fan of To Kill a Mockingbird and Harper Lee is such an interesting character. Um, but this book kind of details Harper Lee's obsession almost with a particular true crime case that happened in the 70s um, that is mind-boggling. Um, this uh, man, I believe, yeah, a preacher uh, was accused of murdering his family and she became Several very, times. yes, <laughs> and and was getting away with it, it seemed. Um, and she was very fascinated with this case and tried for years to write her own true crime book about it. Um, and this kind of deals with how that never came about. Um, and some of it has to do with some drama with her publishers and that kind of thing which i i know she dealt with a lot in the towards the end of her life as well uh with her second novel but Mm -hmm. uh this book is really special and interesting and can appeal to the true crime person and the history person and the literature buff as well so definitely when uh maggie and a few of other of my co-workers were telling me about this i was like oh wow that sounds like a really cool story and they're like oh no this happened <laughs> <laughs> this is real yeah. so yeah was it, it made sounds, up yeah no. it sounds very compelling but mm-hmm. i think what uh is interesting and and we have um we've asked her and she's agreed uh so we we're taking that uh, we're taking her for her word to come and visit us in november yeah i think what is as intriguing as the story is casey sepp herself this is her mm-hmm. first book she's a uh, a new york times uh and new yorker uh, writer um she's also uh, published in a number of other places well educated harvard and then oh, wow. <laughs> uh, a, a master of philosophy and theology at oxford mm-hmm. wow. so she wow. she's educated yes and for her to really uh, I heard her on a podcast describe how she 
really stumbled on this story. And, and when, when you thought that Harper Lee, after uh, Go Tell a Watchman mm-hmm. and other books uh, and, and all of that were written about her life and, 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 and everybody thought she'd stop writing after To Kill a Mockingbird and then they found this other manuscript and this other story, Casey Sepp just, um, she tells how she just kind of stumbled on this uh, and found the manuscripts mm-hmm. and the letters that Harper Lee wrote, and it's just fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and I was reading through it just a little bit earlier, and I like the fact that it is, I don't want to say cut and dry, because that makes it sound, you know, dry, but it was very... Um, like it wasn't dolled up like there wasn't there wasn't a lot of frills to it it's very like factual just getting to read through it you're like oh my gosh like this really happened Mm -hmm. i think that is uh uh testimony to uh testament to her non-fiction writing and her uh, investigative uh, reporting background Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing so that's furious hours murder fraud and the last trial of harper lee and Wow, what an intriguing title that is. The Last Trial of Harper Lee. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll go over all these titles in, in just a moment. Um, who's next? Who's up? Well, I can go. Yeah, yes. yeah absolutely. Yeah. So the next one, it's a pretty recent release. Yeah, um, this past Tuesday. Just this past Tuesday. Um, it is Songs of America um, by John Meacham and Tim McGraw. And this one is just a really fascinating one. I love history. And um, a lot of what this dives into is the deeper meaning and the historical and cultural context of a lot of the songs um, from America's history and that we know. Um, Taking a look at it, you know, they hit some of the um, discover the power of music in the lives of figures like Harriet Tubman, um, Franklin and Eleanor Roosevelt, Martin Luther King. Um, And it hits a lot of different musicians that we all know that's huge in our history. Elvis Presley, um, Bob Dylan, Duke Ellington. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's a really fascinating. So mm-hmm. uh, for those who don't know either one of those, which is probably rare, they, they probably right. know Tim McGraw more than they mm-hmm. know John Meacham. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Meacham's last book was The Soul of America. Yes. yes. He's made appearances uh, here, um, and we were involved in having him at the University of Kentucky to a big huge sellout audience it was it was really incredible uh tim mccraw i mean what can you say i guess he's the, <laughs> yeah. one of the most famous country singers uh but i i haven't heard them talk about how they got together i know that's no. kind of a an interesting combination i think to me it makes sense but i wouldn't have thought of it myself because mm-hmm. john meacham is writes a lot about especially American history. And mm-hmm. then Tim yep. McGraw is such an Americana kind mm-hmm. of figure. Yeah. Um, they go together really well, but I never would have thought to put the two of them together. Mm-hmm. But it's cool that they wrote something about music and history together. I, yeah. Well, they're both in Nashville. We know that. They, they mm-hmm. share that because uh, John teaches at Vanderbilt. And, and I, I think, I don't know, but Tim McGraw, he should have a home there, right? Right, Among probably. many homes. Do you think they were just hanging out, uh, having coffee or sharing a beer or something and they said let's write a book together i mean well uh, it's sort of fascinating it is however it is i'm really excited there's a book with this because it i haven't really seen a book that's discussed the music and the Uh history and the conception of all of this so it's it sounds very fascinating and so that title again is it is songs of america the patriotism protest and music that made a nation by Mm. john meacham and ten mcgraw yeah yeah intriguing and we have uh 
one, at least one, maybe a couple more. No, there are a couple more. Where, yeah. where do we go next? Um, since we're on the, the nonfiction train, yeah. I can k- kind of give a yeah, brief absolutely. spiel about two different nonfiction things I have here. So the first one is kind of a fun summer read, um, and it's mm-hmm. Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered by Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. Um, it is a dual memoir by the creators of the podcast My Favorite Murder, which oh. is a true crime comedy podcast. Yeah. And yeah, it is uh, definitely a, a funny title, and they're both very funny uh, women uh, with very engaging voices, and this mm-hmm. is their their memoir about um, their own struggles with kind of mental health. They talk about eating disorders. They talk about addiction, um, but they also just talk about it through the lens of their obsession with true crime that made them start this podcast about it. Um, and they're they're both very funny, but it's also got very touching, relatable, heart well heartfelt moments in mm-hmm. there. So it's it's a really special book, especially yeah. if you're a fan of the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, stay sexy and don't get murdered. Yes. Okay. Um, and so the other one I've got here is a another paperback, um, and it's the Stonewall Reader um, oh, yeah. with the foreword by Edmund White, and it's edited by the New York Public Library. So mm-hmm. this is a perfect one for June being Pride Month, um, and it's got history and um, all kinds of cultural kind of relevance uh, right now and in Pride Month especially, but anytime. And it's about uh, the time around Stonewall, the Stonewall riots um, in the 60s um, and a lot of LGBTQ um, history. And uh, it's got from different publications. There's like excerpts from Mm. magazines and newspapers. Um, It's really interesting, especially if you are interested in kind of queer history and that kind of thing. Um, And definitely, yeah, relevant for for Mm -hmm. the time. I always like to, in June, try and read more things by LGBTQ Mm -hmm. authors or things about LGBTQ history or with characters in that community as well. Um, And I think this is a really, really cool one. We have it on our pride table in the store and a lot of people pick it up and try and read it. It's got the nice pink cover, of Mm -hmm. course. Um, But yeah, it's very important. I think a lot of people um, are familiar with Stonewall, but there's a whole generation that probably is not a big part of of history, certainly in the uh, LGBTQ um, community, mm-hmm. and and this would probably be a really good uh, uh, resource, uh, or just finding out and reading uh, about different accounts of what what, what that time. I just mm-hmm. heard a a radio interview with someone uh, about the um, is it Netflix uh, Pose, uh, yes, which is yeah. uh, a, a series that's running, and they mm-hmm. mentioned Stonewall again in the anniversary. Right. And all of that. So, so those are those are two. This is the the Stonewall Reader. So it's really yes. a, a compendium of a lot of material about about uh, that era in our in our history. Yes. Yep. And uh, let's see. Do we have one more? And then we'll go over these again. Yeah. 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 Jillian, do you want to do that Absolutely. one or? Absolutely. Um, so let's see here. The next one that we have it's Normal People by Sally Rooney. And um, she is the author of Conversations with Friends. Um, And it's actually our number one on our list for the best summer reads for adults. um, Really? For the summer, yeah. Yeah, we have a a whole list here that we've put out to say some of our favorite things. Um, This one was very, like, highly anticipated um, Mm -hmm. because her first novel was received so well. Um, And this one's got two different um, college-age characters who keep intersecting, um, and they go to school in Dublin. Sally Rooney is Irish, I believe. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like a very um, 
interesting book that kind of explores connection and friendship and family as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's interesting. I like when adult books deal with younger characters. So these two characters are teenagers. I believe they're just starting college, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is very cool and can kind of appeal to a lot of people because it's definitely written for the adult reader, but younger people can appreciate it as well. Definitely. And that title again is? It is Normal People by Sally Rooney. Okay. So tell us uh, about Bingo and about how uh, just for children or... Oh no. no, we got it for everyone. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> Let's play bingo. Yeah, so we're doing a summer reading bingo thing in the store. Um, we've got three different bingo cards. There's one for kids, one for young adults, and one for adults. Mm. Um, and basically, there are these cards that have all these different um, categories of books you can read. So some of the ones on this adult one is, it says, uh, read a book you think should be taught in schools. Um, Read a debut novel. Read a Pulitzer Prize winner. Um, And the young adult and kids ones have some different ones too. What are some of the young adult ones, Um, Read a book about or set in a different time period. Mm. Uh, Read a book with a female protagonist. Uh, really fun. YA has so many different subgenres. So read a genre you've never read before. Um, read a book with a very long title. So it kind of you know it hits just a little bit of everything. Yeah. And, and so a, what what you do um, is you, you buy the book and then what? Do you, do you, does somebody stamp it for you or so? How does that well, work? Well, you've kind of it's uh, your own kind of game. So your you own get to honor system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. You get to fill it out yourself. So it's a bingo card. There's a free space in the middle, of course. And for each book in in these categories that you read, you write down the title, and um, if you win bingo in any of the patterns listed on the back, it's not just a straight across or a diagonal. Mm. There's a lot of different ways to win. Um, you do get a coupon for our store, so it's kind of to say, you know, thanks for thinking yeah. of us, thanks for getting your books at Joseph Beth, um, thanks for continuing your love of reading. Mm-hmm. It's it's Absolutely. a fun way to branch out during the summer especially especially for reluctant readers it's great to kind of push and challenge um challenge yourself you know get kids involved so Mm -hmm. it's a really really fun um inclusive interactive idea that we've got and this runs through uh, july 28th yes see the date there is that correct Mm -hmm. yes um so we're doing that all summer pretty much um the kids one is super fun too um we've been uh, having a lot of success with that in our kids department especially of the the kids booksellers handing it off to parents mm-hmm. and helping their kids kind of be less reluctant to read um and there's fun categories there like um read a staff pick obviously our kids booksellers are very knowledgeable and have some really good taste in books yeah um so reading something they recommend is always fun and likely to get you into it and um read a book about an animal read a book about summer you know all, all kinds yeah. of fun stuff um to kind of appeal to everybody sounds yeah. really neat yeah mm-hmm. yeah and those cards are available now at the store yes absolutely yes. Uh, so there's an orange one for the kids readers mm-hmm. uh so uh, there's a light blue kind of teal one that's for young adults, and then the dark blue one is the adults one. Yep. But it's it's for anybody who wants to participate, and you can win a bunch of times. Yep. So uh, thanks to Jillian and Maggie for coming by uh, from Joseph Beth to uh, talk with us about summer reads and uh, books. But finally, what are you reading this summer? What is the next book on Ooh. your um book reading list that you can't wait to delve into? (laughs) That is a really good question. 
Yeah, Jill, you? I, so you're you're giving Maggie a chance to think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> no, yeah, I I kind of am a I like to read multiple books at a time person. Uh-huh. Um, I run the young adult section in our store, so I try to read a young adult and an adult title because I work with the new books as well. Yeah. Uh, so right now I am reading um, one of Sarah Dessen's books. She has a new book out. She's a young adult author, and it's called The Rest of the Story. I just started that mm-hmm. last night because she came to our Cincinnati store. Um, and I also have been reading some poetry. I'm really excited to read the the Pulitzer Prize winner for poetry this year. It's called Be With by Forrest something. I don't remember hmm. what his last name is, but that one, I'm a big poetry fan, so I'm hmm. excited for that one too. But there's lots of good books out. I'm excited for everything. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. That, that's given you enough time to that's think That's given me enough yeah. time, yeah. I'm kind of doing the same thing. I do like to hit multiple books at once. Um, so right now, my adult book that I am finishing up is Good Omens. Um, like I said, uh-huh. I watched the uh, series on Amazon and absolutely loved it. So I was like, well, of course I have to read the book now. Um, So, and then the young adult book that I read, we both actually recently read it. It's called uh, With the Fire on High um, by Elizabeth um, Uh, Acevedo. Yeah, Acevedo. And so that one's been really cool. It's about um, a girl who I believe it is in New York City. Uh, Philadelphia. Philly, yeah. Okay, Philadelphia, (laughs) yeah. And um, she's a high schooler. She is a teen mom. And she has a passion for cooking. So it is her, like, navigating her high school, like, stigmas attached. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's just a really, really amazing read. Yeah, and she's um, biracial as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she's black and Puerto Rican. So it deals a lot with her um, relationship to her culture mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, too. It was really beautiful. We both read that one it's, and loved it. Yeah. Well, thanks to you both, and thanks to Joseph Beth, uh, booksellers, for sending you here today. And, uh, you know, we'll have to do this more often. Uh, Maybe when we get a little bit closer to the end of summer, we'll talk about fall reads and maybe some of the authors uh, that are coming in for the Kentucky Book Festival this year might be fun. Oh, absolutely. Very exciting. Thank you both. Thank Thank you. Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities and is a production of the University of Kentucky College of Arts and Sciences. This podcast was created at the Media Depot. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud.